0: Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then our passage today, for I consider, Paul says, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only they, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope, For what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified." I could read the rest of the chapter because there is much there that you have heard. But for the sake of our study today, I'll stop there. Let's pray. Father, here we have before us a really cool passage. A passage of hope. And not a hope of something that may happen, but a hope of something that will happen. A hope that we understand that there is a future that will never end. And it is a hope that we live for. Lord, I know that sometimes we can get sidetracked and we can allow other things in this world to blind our eyes from this hope. This hope of eternity. This surety that one day we will stand before you. This surety that one day we will be with you in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would prick our hearts today. Excite the passions within us As far as eternity is concerned, Lord. May we, when we leave this place today, not only be reminded, but be impassioned to live out the rest of our days for you. Because we understand what happens next. Lord, that's our prayer. I pray you would use me today to touch the lives of every single person listening to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. By the way, short note, uh, if you ever miss a message, we're now back up online on our website. So if you go to our website, you can go to our recent messages and you can pick those things up and listen to those at your leisure uh, on the internet. So you can do that. Um, They usually are up, ready to go within a day, uh, sometimes even that day. So, um, verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Uh, What we see here is a contrast. We see a contrast here in such a way that Paul is is laying out suffering and then he's also laying out glory. Suffering in, in, in the Greek is the word pathima, pathima. The root of this word in the Greek is pasho, which literally means to suffer. But it carries the suffix M-A on it, pathima, it carries that suffix M-A, ma, on it, which then causes the word to mean that which is suffered. Not just to suffer, but that which is suffered. You see, Christ suffered rejection and eventually the cross in order to secure the salvation of the very people who were rejecting him. So that which is suffered had an intended purpose, and that was to secure man's salvation. There was a purpose for the suffering. There was a purpose for the suffering. And so the sufferings or the afflictions which we as Christians must endure because we, we must endure because we're carrying this torch of Christ. If you will, it's, it's this, this purpose to reach a lost and dying world apart from Christ. The, the thing about this world is it's so alluring. It's so tempting. And it's what we know. It's what we have been born into, right? Right? It's what we know. We, we we are born, we we grow up, you know, in, in a family or, or not in a family, whatever. We grow up in our adolescent years and then into our young adult years and then into our adult years and, and and we're always looking for something there to whether it be pacify us or bring us comfort or 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 do you know, to get or buy or to attain whatever we must do, buy, or attain in order to make our life a much more pleasurable trip. We do it because we want the ease and the comfort and the enjoyment of living this life unfortunately, sometimes those things that we are striving out after in order to bring us pleasure or to bring us comfort or entertainment or whatever it might be, are the very things that actually are working in contrary to what it is that Christ would be wanting to do through our lives. And in so doing, what Paul is talking about is he's saying, here, the sufferings that that you and I endure today they're not worthy to be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us afterwards. Now, for the sake of, of time, and, and let me just explain to you and define basically glory. Glory is uh, a word in the Greek is doxa. That's, uh, many of you guys were born and raised in like Baptist churches. How many of you guys came from a Baptist church? I did, you know. Uh, do you remember the, the doxology, you know? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Do you know the song? Sing it with me. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Then you know. I just went back into my first Baptist church days, man. That was it. Doxology 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 basically is the study of doxa doxa is glory 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 doxa literally means splendor brightness glory magnificence excellence majesty Paul says, these current sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the magnificence in heaven one day. But man, we get tripped up, don't we, on the things of this world. And often the things that we try to bring into our lives, to bring us the comfort into our lives, are, are oftentimes the very things that actually begin to drag us down. Whether it's, hey, I need, a, uh, you know, I need this thing and it costs X amount of dollars and so I'm going to really you know, suffer you know, a lot of work to get this thing, to get it into my life. And then you get that thing in your life and you're really happy for like, for like a week until they come out with version 2 you know, or version 16. You go, oh man, I got the old version. You know and, and, and then or or then your your electronic device, or maybe it's a you know a, a, a house or maybe it 's a car, whether it 's something like that, whatever it is, all of a sudden it either runs out of date or or it breaks, and now you 've got to pay to get that fixed and and all of a sudden you 've got to work more and in order to enjoy life got to work, 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 in order to enjoy and make my life pleasurable. And, and the thing is, is that we're, we're constantly, not we are all constantly, but a lot of times we're so tempted to be like the donkey chasing the carrot. And we suffer through this life in order to make our life pleasant, when in all actuality Paul's saying, hey, let's stop thinking about the present, let's look at the future and let's consider the glory that, that really awaits us. The time that we have here in, in relation to eternity is really minuscule. If we were to go out here onto the sands of the shore at Siesta Key, all of us probably have been to Siesta Key. Uh, if you haven't gone out there, you need to go out there, but all of us have probably been to Siesta Key. It's the, uh, By some standards, and and by some, whoever does those, you know, those surveys, it is the whitest, finest sand in all of the world. And it's right here in our own backyard, right on our shoreline. It's amazing sand, isn't it? I mean, you go out there in the middle of the summer, and it's the wildest thing. I can, I grew up in California, and so I'd go down to Newport or Huntington or something like that, and to get to the water, you're like, ow. Ow, 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 ow. And you're getting out through the water. Oh, and now you've got blistered feet. Because the sun is just beating down on that sand so hard. But something happens at Siesta Key in the middle of summer that you get on the sand and you're burning your feet to just get to the sand from the parking lot. Then you get to the sand and you go, I don't understand. How is this sand cool? The sand is cool. Is it not? I mean, it's just the wildest thing in the world. But then you pick up that sand all over you. And when you get in your car after you want to go home, it takes you like four months to get all the sand out of your car because it just doesn't come out. It's just too fine. I mean, you, you wash your hands and you clean your body all off. And sure enough, you look and you still got sand on you somewhere because it's so fine and so minuscule. But if you were to take one of those little grain, one of those the finest of grains of sand out there on the shoreline of Siesta Key Beach... And let that represent your life and my life. The the time that we will spend on this earth. The rest of the shoreline being eternity. That's what we do so much fussing over is that one little grain of sand. Our lifespan here on the earth. And, and, and what Paul's attempting to get to our minds and our hearts with is, man, you got a whole beach of life in front of you. Don't waste it on one grain. How sad it is is that so many will waste their life on the one grain and miss the beach. Don't miss it they'll forfeit it altogether. Paul says, the rest of the beach is glorious. Today, not so much. I mean, you look at it, you've been watching the news, I've been watching the news. We look at this world and we see the suffering that's going on in this world and you just go, how? You know, a mother kills her seven kids and her niece or nephew or something like that and then stabs her and stabs him, and then stabs herself what kind of a a world is it that we live in that we have to explain away things like this a man masterminds uh, 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 an event over in Pakistan where they send soldiers into an elementary school and just start blowing away kids setting their teacher on fire to burn to death 130 kids mowed down by soldiers? What kind of a world is it that we live in that we have to explain things like that? And I don't think I have to really spend a whole lot of time here talking about our own society here in the United States of America of where we are going right now. We are in a tailspin right now. We are in a death spiral right now in our own country. As far as morality goes. As far as the sanctity of life in our own country. And do we want to spend our life trying to make just our life comfortable here? Is that what it's about? Is this what it's about? I know the pain that we see not just even of that but even the pain of just the natural progression of life gary lost his mom this last week and i'm so so sorry for you gary that's painful that's suffering i'm sympathetic to that and i lost my mom it tore me apart my heart goes out to you brother I look at Rachel who we just prayed for and I see that young girl that young woman racked in a body of pain I work over there at times and I try to keep her spirits up and try to joke around with her and crack jokes she's the only one that gets my jokes she laughs at them and, and I, I try to make her laugh I try to make her smile. I try to just take her mind off of the pain and just her body that she's so wrapped in at times. And I love that girl. But I know she longs for something greater than this world. I think of Ross, these sufferings and i know that she longs for that i know that he longs for that i know that we long for that when we lose someone maybe maybe you've lost a maybe you've lost a baby maybe you've lost a child maybe you've lost a spouse maybe you've lost somebody close to you uh, we, we we understand the pain of losing and that suffering that happens on the inside of us maybe it's through just natural you know uh, you know death or maybe it through be through accident car accident or or something else that has caused the death of somebody and, and it just it it just breaks our heart. It just it it is one of those defining moments in our life that really just grab a hold of our heart and just rent it apart and, and, and we're just we're exposed and our our, our, our hearts are broken. And, and Paul looks at that and he says yes, they're suffering. and even amidst amidst the suffering that we have keep your eyes on the prize keep your eyes on the focus know that this is just but one grain of sand on a shoreline on a beach filled with 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 more lifetimes more years Eternity. And not only that, but that eternity is glorious. And let me explain. Let me, let me just explain a little bit. Let me just define a little bit of that glory to us. You can look it up if you want, because you might want to look back on this later in those times where you're wanting to, to, to go, Hey, you know what? Hey, t- life's tough, life's tough. Let me go and let me read. Let me read what it's going to be like one day. Revelation in chapter twenty one, Revelation twenty one. Sin, Satan, judgment has been poured out and has been done away with and has been cast into the lake of fire which is the second death And verse 15 of chapter 20 says and anyone not found written in the book of life was also cast into the lake of fire those are those who lived their life for this grain of sand the one grain of sand but for those who lived for the beach of eternity Chapter 21, verse, said, verse 1 says, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For this first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there also was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And They shall be his people and God himself will be with them and and will be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Think about that. The tears that you shed from suffering will no longer be. There will never be any more suffering. There will never be any more loss. There will never ever be any more abandonment or loneliness or rejection. Got to wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. There's not going to be any sorrow. There's not going to be any crying. There's not going to be any more pain. For the former things of passed away those things those things are former what what john is saying here is that those things are former that was the old grain of sand we were talking about that was when we were on the grain of sand the one grain of sand that equates to about 80 to 90 years upon the face of this earth if you're fortunate enough to reach that age If not, you might die sooner than that. But this is your grain of sand. Every one of us are living on a grain of sand. Every one of us are living with a time span, which is a grain of sand in the cast of eternity. And here's the thing. We are living for this grain of sand or we're living for the beach of sand later on. And the thing is, if we get sidetracked from this grain of sand, we're going to lose it all, man. We're going to lose it all. And eternity, beyond eternity, you're going to be shaking your head, wondering, why, oh why, oh why did I waste my time on the one grain of sand? It means nothing. It's passing away. It's not going to be here anymore. But I want to be beautiful for the rest of my life. You know what? Here's the thing. There's going to come a time where you're going to get old and you're not going to be able to keep the, the wrinkles from your face. And I know that there's surgeries out there that can do something to stop that, but there's a lot of people that you see that have those surgeries that that doesn't work anymore. I think it was Joan Rivers that said, I'm going to continue to have facelifts until my ears meet. But there came a point in Joan Rivers' life where you didn't know if she was sad or happy or, or what. We strive to maintain our youth. We strive to maintain something here in the earth when in all actuality, this isn't what it's about. It's not about the here and the now. It's about the here and the after. We have a job to do here on the earth. Paul's saying, hey, don't let the sufferings trip you up. There's a glory that is going to be revealed in you that is going to blow your mind. Oh, my goodness, it's going to blow your mind. I've seen it, Paul says. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, "Hey, I know a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out, I don't know. All I know is that this, this man, he's talking about himself, he says, "I know this man, he was caught up into the third heaven and he saw things that were not even lawful for a man to say. It's awesome. It blew my mind. In fact, I can't even say what it is that I saw because it was too gorgeous. It was too beautiful. It was too awesome. (laughs) That's the man I'm going to boast on. What he's saying is hey, man, don't get tripped up in this life. Don't forfeit. Don't exchange what you can get in this life, on this grain of sand, in this grain of sand of time, and forfeit the rest of the beach. There's not gonna be any tears there in heaven. There's not gonna be any more death. Praise the Lord, huh? There's not gonna be any more sorrow. There's not gonna be any more crying. There's not gonna be any more pain. I'm in pain right now. I, I just I've been I've been working on my knees and, and on my hands, putting in some flooring over the last few weeks, couple weeks. And I've been working some pretty long hours and, and, and I'm I'm sore. I'm sore. When I wake up in the, when I got up out of that chair to walk up here, I'm hoping you didn't see my face. I'm like, oh, goodness, my ankles, you know, because I'm sitting on my feet and my ankles and my ankles are all cramped up, you know, and my knees are always, and, and I'm feeling kind of good right now because I'm starting to, to, to get blood flowing in there. But man, I sit for a little while, I get up out of bed and it's like I get out of bed and I, I just, oh, oh, oh. oh. It's not worthy to be compared to the glory. It's going to be revealed in one day. Oh, oh, oh. One day, one day. It takes you about 15, 20 steps to, to be able to get some sort of a gate going that resembles anything like a walk. But here's the thing. It's all going to go away. No more pain. No more pain. How many of you live and I know you don't want to brag on your... I know you, you probably, a lot of you don't want to bring the attention to yourself, but, but nobody looks sideways or anything, but how many of you live with a chronic pain right now? Yeah. You have a chronic pain. In heaven, they're not gonna, there's no, they're, that's not going to happen anymore. It's going to be gone, man. No more pain. Paul says, because that was in the former life. That, or John says, that's former. That who is who you used to be. That's who. That's what it used to be like. Then he who sat on the throne said, "Behold, I make all things new. Everything's brand new." You ever get a brand new car? You ever sat in a brand new car? We were blessed and fortunate uh, about five six months ago, and Lynette's dad bought her a car brand new. We didn't want it. We weren't asking for it. In fact, he kept telling us and telling us and telling us to go get a car and we were going, ah, Dad, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. And he and his wife ended up coming up here and saying, we're not leaving until we find a car for you. Go and find a car. Because it's just, Dad, that's just too expensive. Let's not do that. Let's not, no, I'm not leaving until you do this. His, you know, his his, you know, his uh, uh, rationale was so here's the thing are you waiting for me to die to take my inheritance and then go and buy a car I'd like for, to, for you to see I, or I'd like to see the enjoyment I'd like to witness I'd like to be a part of of your inheritance right now while I'm alive so I can enjoy you and you can enjoy me and we can enjoy each other and you're going man for a guy that doesn't really have a walk with the Lord he had a lot of wisdom in that and so we did we got this car with them and and he bought it. It's kinda of outright just it's kind of a weird thing going down to a Toyota dealership and saying, Okay, here's the money and off we go, you know. No payments, no anything. I mean we're blessed. But to get into that brand new car you go ah, there's nothing like the smell of a brand new car, is there? Everything's tight, there's no clink, 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 clink. Oh I just know what that is, it's okay. You know, I know how to drive this. You got to put the, you know, the gear shift between D and one. It works perfect. You know, I mean, and and you got to hold on to the. When you push the left blinker, you got to kind of hold it down because it doesn't stick anymore. You know, so you know, it just it, or you go up to the right, you got to actually pull it down because it doesn't automatically. And you got all these little idiosyncrasies. Is that anybody bear witness with that? I mean, you got a little idiosyncrasies on your car. You know, listen. If somebody asked to borrow my truck, I go okay. All right. Here's what you got to know. It's i, I got a ten-point plan of the things that you've got to think about when you're driving my truck. Right, Dana? You've used my truck before. This is what you don't do. Don't do this. Don't do that. This is what you got to do, and so on and so forth. But in a brand-new car, it's like all those worries are gone. They're just gone. And you just go, I can just relax and enjoy my ride. That's heaven, man. All things will be brand-new. It's going to smell like that all the time. Brand new car, man. Everything's going to be tight. Everything's going to be new. You're going to be cruising, man. It's going to be great. Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write for these words. They're true and they're faithful. Now listen, when the Bible says these words are true and they're faithful, it means write a check on it because it's going to be done. I've got sufficient account. I've got sufficient cash to back up this, this check that you're writing right here. It's faithful and it's true. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha and the omega and the beginning and the end. I will, give to the, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. It's what we on this grain of sand are trying to attain, the fountain of youth. And God says, I've got it. You're going to drink of it one day if you're with me. You're never going to find it upon this grain of sand called the earth right now. You're not going to find it here. You're only going to find it in me. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son or my daughter. But the cowardly and unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, sorcerers is the word... I know many of you understand this. In the Greek is pharmakeia. It's where we get our term pharmacy from. This is speaking about drugs. Idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Here's the thing. For the Christian and for the non-Christian, there's two different, two different modes here. For the non-Christian, it has been said, you live once, but die twice. You live once on this grain of sand, you live your life here, and then you die, however you die, whether it be by just you know, natural progression or you know, natural you know, reasons, or uh, an accident or something, or an illness or something like that. You die there. But if you're a non-believer, there's a second death that is horrendous, that the Bible talks about. As call, it calls it the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It mentioned it in the very last verse of, of chapter 20, didn't it? Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's where Satan is, and death, and Hades, and hell is. It's a real place, and I know that people don't want to talk about that, and I know that people don't like to talk about that, and I know that we're in a society of tolerance, and and not of you know, feelings, and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm just going to lay this out here right now, that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this is your eternal domain, this is your eternal dwelling place. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but I would rather offend you today in this life than for you to be offended in the next death because I didn't share with you the truth in the first place. The truth in the first place is that, listen, God has a fountain of youth. He has a fountain of life. He has a fountain that if you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. It's through Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. If you reject that, you have chosen for yourself the second death. And I know that there's pastors from the pulpits that talk about, hey, there's this hell thing. I'm not so sure that there's a real hell thing. Well, then rip the book of Revelation out of your Bible. You stinking charlatan get out of a pulpit read the Bible let the Bible speak for itself the Bible doesn't need me and it doesn't need you it doesn't need anybody to explain it the Bible is the Bible read it listen to it and do what it says if you are so wise that you have finally found the key and the loophole to get beyond what the word of God is then you have become a fool. And a fool's always right in his own eyes, right? Oh, wait, I heard about that in the Bible. You don't want to be a fool. And I'm sorry, I have got to get passionate about that because especially when it comes to pastors or teachers or those professed, you know, priests or, or ministers that preach from pulpits that talk about God is not going to let anybody go to hell. No, I'm sorry. Sir or ma'am, or whoever it is that you're standing behind a pulpit, twisting the minds of your hearers. You're ripping much of the heart of the Word of God out in order to make everybody's ride very comfortable on their way to hell. You're going to make them look nice. You're going to make them smell sweet. You're going to make them a really, really nice people. Going to hell. And then they're not gonna like you anymore. And you will have been one of the crones or one of the one of the the cronies of, of Satan himself. You have been one of his little minions that have twisted the word of God in order to say what Satan wanted it to say instead of what God wanted it to say. Let's just read the Bible plain and simple, huh? When the literal sense of the Bible makes perfect sense, make no other sense lest you make what? Nonsense. Nonsense. You guys are awesome. Here's the thing. The second death to the non-believer, he lives once. He's birthed into this world. But he dies however he dies, illness, accident, progression, whatever. He dies the first death. The second death is that when he stands before God and God says, I never knew you, depart from me into the lake that burns with fire that is the second death that is the most horrendous words that will ever echo through your ears for the rest of eternity and you don't just cease to exist as some would like it to be but it is an eternal eternal rejection of God it's an eternal separation it's an eternal there's no hope of getting out of this lake of fire there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth for the rest of of the siesta key beach is this world is this life is this what you're living for that important to you that you're willing to forsake the rest of eternity for this you're going to get old you're going to get stinky you're going to get back to your old baby days where you're going to be pooping and peeing and everything and everybody's going to be having to clean up after you too here's the thing it's okay don't live for today that's just natural progression Don't live for this. Live for eternity. Then it goes on, and I don't have time to go in and talk about how this, the beauty of the stones of this new Jerusalem is described. How big it is. How beautiful it is. Talks about having gold as if it were glass. Have you ever seen like a gold glass? Could you imagine? Gold, which you, which was transparent. It's your streets, man. And all these all these stones that are the foundation stones there. I lived in a city in in, a, in a Mentone, California, which nobody has ever heard of. Um, Mentone, California, it, and all of our streets were named after all these all of these things. And I'm thinking that's not heaven. Mentone is not heaven. <laughs> Let me tell you, Mentone is not heaven. Mentone is far from heaven. Mentone's gonna find itself needing a fireproof boat, I think, you know. But here's the thing. I lived on turquoise and, and turquoise isn't even a part of it, so I'm thankful. Then he goes on into into verse or into chapter twenty two and he says, and he showed me this pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. Proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every single month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. No more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall be no more night there. They shall need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever. And then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. Again, write a check on it because God has the bank account. He has the cash in the bank to cash that check. Paul says, I do not consider these sufferings of this present time to be worthy to be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us glory excellence majesty beauty sufferings it's what we're dealing with today we're all suffering in some capacity we're all suffering Every one of us in this room is dying. Every single one of us. Every day we're dying. Every day we're dying a little bit more. Every day you're one day closer to the end of your grain of sand days. But will you exchange eternity, the beach that God has for you, for the one grain? Reminds me of a story. A little girl who had this fake pearl necklace that she just she just adored. Like five, six, seven years old, you know. She loved the way it looked. She'd go get in her mom's lipstick and her mascara and she'd put mascara on. She'd dress up and she'd have this fake pearl necklace on and she wore it so proudly every day. She was very fixated on that that fake pearl necklace that she had. She just loved it. And she would tell everybody that would come in, do you like my pretty necklace? And everybody, oh, that's a beautiful necklace. And she made such a fuss over her necklace. It was, it was her favorite item. So much so that after a while, mother and her mom and dad got to talking. And her dad said, you know what? She is just adores those pearls so much. Let's do it. Let's get her some real ones. So they agreed on it. And her dad would go in to tuck her in good night for the night, and he went to her and he said, Sweetie, your necklace. Are you gonna sleep with it on again? Oh yes, Daddy, I love my necklace. Doesn't my necklace make me look pretty? Sweetheart, you look absolutely beautiful. You are absolutely stunning with that necklace on. Sweetheart, can I have that necklace? Oh, you want my necklace? Yeah. Can I have your necklace? Oh, but Daddy, this is my necklace. I love it. I'm so beautiful in this necklace. I love it so much, Daddy. Um, I've got my little pony right here. Would you like him? I'll give, I'll give you my little pony. Oh, no. No, sweetheart. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Go to sleep. I love you. Gives her a kiss on the forehead. He walks out. The next night, same thing. Sweetheart, can I have your necklace? Oh, Daddy, no. This is, this is my favorite thing in the whole wide world, Daddy. I love my necklace. My necklace is, is beautiful. I go everywhere with my necklace, Daddy. You know it. I love my necklace. Daddy, I'll give you I'll give you my Barbie set. No, sweetheart, that's okay. I don't want your Barbie set. I just want your necklace. Oh, but Daddy, that's too precious to me. No, no. I'll give you anything else. You can have anything else, but you can't have my necklace. What else would you like, Daddy? Oh, nothing, nothing. Go to Sweet, Sweetheart. Or go to Sleep, Sweetheart. I love you. Gives her a kiss tucks her in and goes to bed and she turns off the light and he goes out it's like the third or fourth night he goes in doing the same exact thing and he finally goes in and he sees as he w- enters into her room she's in there and she's crying and he says sweetheart what's the matter she says daddy I'm ready you're ready for what and she opened up her hand as she was laying in bed and she, she says here daddy And he goes, what do you got there? She goes, it's my necklace. You can have it. You've been asking for it. And if you want it, it must be for a good reason. So here, Daddy. She opens her hand, and she begins to sob as she lets go of the pearls in her dad's hand. And her dad just looks at her, and he says, thank you, sweetheart. That's the most precious thing you've ever given to me. But now I want to give you something. She goes, what? He pulled out behind his back a little wrapped present. She goes, what's this? And she opened up and he says, sweetheart, those are real pearls. That's a real pearl necklace. And she opened it up and it was stunning. It was beautiful. And he put it on her neck and he tied the little locket on there. and, And she sat there and her sorrow turned to joy because her daddy gave her something that she never thought possible. I think you're understanding the moral of this story. The Lord is saying to you and to me, give me your life. Let me have it. Let me have it. But Lord, it's precious to me. I look in the mirror and I think I'm beautiful. At least I try to make myself be. Try to make myself look hunky. <laughs> Lord, I'll give you whatever else you want, but not not my life. Okay. Go to sleep, Don. Go to sleep. I love you. At what point do we finally relinquish ourselves and say, Lord, my life is yours. My sufferings the things that I have in this life, I'm willing to give to you. Because Father, you wouldn't ask me for something if you didn't have something better for me. And and then when we finally offer it over to the Lord, he takes it and we might do it with tears in our eyes and we might do it with a with a heart that is heavy and we hand our life to him and and then out from behind his back he pulls oh here is a gift for you don here's a gift for you child it's a new life it's a new life the one that you had was worn out it's going to it's it's going to die but the life that i give you the the eternity the future that i'm giving you it'll always be precious It'll never go out of style. It'll always be the most up-to-date, the most precious gift that I can give to you is new life. And that's the Lord. And Paul says, man, that's what I did with the Lord. And because of that, I look at the sufferings of this life, nothing to be compared to the glory that one day going to be revealed in us where's your eye today is it on the grain of sand is it on the fake necklace or is it on the beach and on the genuine life think about it God created you he knows what makes you tick he knows what's going to truly bring you lasting peace And lasting joy. And like that father, he's just asking you, give me your life. But You've got to do it. You've got to give it to me. I'm not going to take it. You give it to me. But what I will replace it with is a glory that will blow your mind with an eternity, with a future and a hope. He tells us, right, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know my thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and to give you a hope. That's God's plan always for you. He's never there to rip you off. He's there to give you hope. And to give you a reason for living. And Paul says, man, so don't let this present world stumble you up and rob you of what the glory is going to be revealed in you one day. Amen. Does that make sense? Father, thank you so much for today. And thank you, God, that we have heaven to look forward to. Thank you that you have given us a hope. Eternity. The sufferings, the achy pains in the backs and, 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 and the knees and the legs and, 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 and our achy heads or whatever it is that are aching upon us. The loss or the loneliness, or the rejection that we might feel in this world that just so rip at our hearts. Help us, Lord, to see them not so close up, not so uh, close up that we focus so much upon them that we lose sight of eternity. But God, may we, may we still go through those, giving, giving a place for that. There is a place for suffering. There is a place for, for grieving. There is a place for mourning. But I rejoice today knowing that Gary's mom is seeing somebody that I so long to see, and that's you. She's with you right now. Then there is no more pain, no more tears, no more crying, no more night, no more any of those things. She's with you. My mom has been with you for, goodness, eight years. Where's time gone, Lord? (laughs) She sees, Lord, that the suffering that she had at the end of her life, the last couple years of her life, was nothing to be compared to what she's experiencing right now. And one day we'll all, as Christians, experience what Gary's mom is experiencing, what my mom is experiencing, what any of our loved ones who knew you and have, have departed and, 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 and passed away from this earth, from this grain of sand, what they're experiencing right now. We're going, we're going to experience that one day if we're in you. But God, I pray that if there's anyone that does not have a relationship with you, that, they, that today maybe this just rocked their world. And they recognize that today is a day that I, I don't want to even last one more day without knowing for sure that I'm going to go to heaven. And if that's you here today, simply open up your heart to Christ. It's the reason why we celebrate this season. God became a man in the form of a vulnerable baby in a manger. To grow and to live in this life, to show us the way. And then ultimately to die in your place and in my place and in anyone's place that would accept his death upon the cross for their sins, for your sin, for my sin. It's the only way to heaven. It's the only path to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. It's the reason the babe was born in a manger is to become the only way. And so if that's you today, you can simply say, Lord, today I acknowledge my sin before you. I acknowledge that my life is not right with you. Today I give you my fake life. And I ask God that you take my fake life And God, you would exchange it for a new life with an eternity. I'm sorry, God, that I've lived my life for this grain of sand. But Lord, I want to live for the beach from this day forward in you. Take my life, Lord. Replace it with a new life. Pastor Don was saying that your word says that you're going to give me brand new life. The Word of God does say if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become brand new. Lord, I want to be brand new. I want to be my life version too, heaven bound, with a future and with a hope, with a shoreline of eternity in front of me, of glory, of excellence, of majesty. Of beauty, of brightness. I want that, Lord. Take my life, Lord. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge my sin. And I turn away from it. And I accept you today as my Lord and my personal Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to have this future and I want to have a hope from this day forward. I want this new life that you have for me. And I thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. And I thank you, God, for taking my, lo- my old life and giving me brand new life. And I thank you, God, that I have a new reason for walking out this door today. To where now I can boldly say with Paul, these present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in me one day when I see you face to face, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer today you met it in your heart Lord heard you he gave you new life right now right now this day this moment this instant your course of eternity changed drastically at this moment for the rest of us Lord help us to keep our eyes on the shore Help us to keep our eyes on the beach. Help us to keep our eyes on heaven. Help us to keep our eyes on the things that you want us to keep our eyes on. And help us to take this life in stride, knowing that you, God, have ordained every single day for us, every day that we live in this life. It may be tough paths, but God, you're going to see us through these tough paths of our life. They might be a a path of blessing today. Well, then praise the Lord. We're going to praise you for the blessing days but we're also going to praise you in the difficult days. We're going to praise you on whatever day we're living in because this is but for just a moment. It's a blink of an eye and then it's gone, and then eternity begins. But I want to live my life for you for the rest of my days. God, let it be, let it be that my eyes are focused on the glory, on you, oh, holy God, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.